Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by columnist Jenny Carlson, and we are coming to you post-game of Oklahoma State's 20-18 to victory over Kansas State in Manhattan. Jenny, uh, so many storylines uh, from this game today, so many things that uh, that occurred that were uh, that were just weird and bizarre and uh, uh, you know adversity for Oklahoma State with injury after injury that felt like they were never going to end and uh, and the Cowboys somehow find a way to victory in this one pretty amazing yeah you know the uh, the question marks over injury started before the game we started to hear that the Cowboys were going to be without Tylen Wallace and they were going to be without uh, we knew Car- Colby Harvell Peel after he got hurt last week in the Texas game was a little up in the air but they were going to be without him and they might also be out without LD Brown and so at that point you know you start to think goodness you know they're going to be really really thin in a few places um, turns out LD Brown actually did play um, had a pretty darn fantastic day uh, 15 carries for 110 yards but you could see at points that he was dealing with injury, um, probably something to his ankle or lower lower leg uh, in that vicinity or leg, uh, you know, something in that regard. So, uh, you know, they were glad to have him because at one point Chuba Hubbard seemed to tweak something, and so he was limited. So just, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys that were, um, you know, playing different roles or uh, accelerated roles, and then, of course, the offensive line. You couldn't go a game without the offensive line having to, to rotate some guys around. Tevin Jenkins gets hurt at one point. Then he uh, goes out for a little while, and his replacement gets hurt. So, you know, it, was, it just seems like this was a day that was just fraught with peril, and yet the Cowboys leave a, a place that is historically tough to win with a victory, and that is a big deal for this program. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. My gunny spoke to the uh, the – effectiveness of the of the culture and the team chemistry and how if you don't have those things in a game like this you don't come out on the, on the right side and and there's a lot to be said for that and it's uh it's kind of an abstract thing but it's uh but it is there is a lot to be said for uh for the grit and the toughness that came through from this team today uh a guy like trey sterling who uh who went down and, and left the game at, at one point comes back in has the uh the the game clinching interception at the end to put uh to put it all away uh so many uh different things that uh that occurred with uh, with guys that uh, had either been injured got injured uh were dealing with injuries uh that uh that it it seemed like a uh a mountain that oklahoma state wasn't going to be able to climb particularly after a first half where the uh, the offense was incredibly flat, and uh, and the defense seemed like they were kind of uh, playing for their life uh, a, a lot of times. Even though it was uh, it was only a uh, a 12-0 hole, it felt a lot bigger than that. Yeah, it did. And you know, uh, you you began to think, man, that's going to be two scores. You know, can this team get two scores today? And at halftime, it didn't feel like they maybe would, but. You know, you talked about the culture and that that chemistry and all those things that are intangibles that coaches and players like to talk about after wins uh, and point to. But I think in this instance, the thing that kind of stands out to me in that regard is that they went into halftime. They went into the locker room. Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, Casey Dunn, the offensive coordinator, brought some adjustments to them. And instead of focusing on what they hadn't done right in the first half, they took that coaching, they took those adjustments, and they went out and turned the game around. Because that third quarter, Scott, 
three possessions for K-State in the third quarter, all three and outs. So they go from, you know, basically the, uh, the flip of that in the first half, giving up points and not getting any, to reversing it entirely. Now, they didn't score touchdowns on every third uh, quarter possession the offense had. It was field goal, touchdown, field goal. But still, to see points going up on the board, even if they were field goals in that moment, that was huge. To get rid of the goose egg, then Brennan Presley gets into the end zone on a, on a, on a sweet play. Um, they get into double digits. And then before you know it, by the end of the third quarter, they've erased that deficit. They are ahead. And so that momentum change for them to be able to do that on the road with so many guys unavailable, to me, that was the biggest thing, that they didn't look at that first half as how they were going to be defined. They took that coaching and they found a way to make it work. And that, to me, speaks to some of those intangible type of things that, that they talked about after the game and you were just talking about. To be able to do that, I thought, was, was a huge, huge thing. And if you're not, if you don't sort of have some of that veteran leadership and guys that have been through it before and are able to you know, lead everybody else along, you probably don't get there. But they did, and to me, that was, that was impressive today. Yeah, it was. And um, credit to both coordinators. I thought uh, I thought halftime adjustments on both sides were uh, were, were crucial. Uh, Jim Knowles to uh, to attack what had been working so well for uh, for Kansas State. And they still found some yards in the uh, in the second half and until the fourth quarter when they had their their only scoring drive. Uh, but uh, but there were uh, there were moments when this game could have gotten away from uh, from Oklahoma State with uh, with a touchdown here uh, where they didn't where instead they hold to a field goal or uh, whatever it might be so uh, uh, really uh, really impressive and then on the offensive side to get the run game going mm-hmm. when it had been uh, had been so stagnant in the first half to uh, to find some yards there and uh, and and LD Brown really spark. Uh, sparked the offense with uh, that 50-yard run uh, more than uh, more than anything, uh, but uh, but his play in general was uh, was uh, really the thing that I think turned the game around for them. Yeah, LD Brown, and he he said after the game he didn't practice very much this week, so you know for him to uh, come out to not be a hundred percent, to not maybe be as fresh and as um, you know, uh, attuned to the game plan maybe as he would have been otherwise to, to then affect the game like he did. I thought that was, that was huge. That was significant. And he, there was one run that he got around the outside, and, and if he's 100% healthy, he cuts it upfield and probably gets another 5, 8, 10 yards perhaps, and instead he takes it out of bounds. And you knew in that moment he's not 100%. He's not feeling great. And so that was huge. I thought it was big too, maybe not in the same numbers fashion, but um, Spencer Sanders to go from the three turnovers a week ago to taking care of the ball and pretty clearly being conscious of not putting the ball in, you know, in jeopardy of being intercepted mm-hmm. or fumbled. You know, he got hit uh, from the from the blind side once or twice. Um, he was scrambling around a few times. Uh, there were several occasions where he clearly threw the ball away, and I'm not sure if he would have done that had he not had last week's experience and then the days that follow. So I thought, and you know, even though he was uh, what 14 of 23, 108 yards. I mean, not his great greatest day. I mean, you're not gonna mm-hmm. probably look back on this day and say, "Wow, this was a great performance by Spencer Sanders." But to be without so many guys on the offense that are stabilizing and calming forces and for him to not 
really ever, I think there was one guy, one kind of almost interception, but he threw it far enough uh, on the outside of the end zone that, I mean, the guy would have had to make a matrix sort of play to get his toe down. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't. But, you know, so there was one play where that you even thought K-State might have a chance of getting the ball. So for him to be that, uh, that calming force at the center of all the madness that was swirling around that offense, I thought that was huge for this team today. Yeah, it was. And, and he made some plays when it was really important, whether it was uh, taking off and running yeah. at some important times, uh, finding some, uh, some open guys. Uh, there were a couple of throws to Landon Wolf that really stick out that you know aren't those big uh, those big yardage plays but uh, but moved the chains and uh, and and kept the offense going i i thought that uh, that he was uh, he was really reliable in that fashion it did uh, you know he got hit the the one time early on the first uh, the first drive and, uh, and the ball came out and, uh, and Josh Sills was there to uh, to scoop it out of the air and, and keep uh, keep the possession in, intact. But um, there for a minute, it felt like this was going to be a, another uh, a continuation of of a week ago, and and it turned out to not be. And, uh, and that was uh, that was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the uh, the Okies coming through big? <laughs> a lot of a lot of guys, and uh, and uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's Oklahoma State. They're going to have some Oklahoma players, but. Uh, they had some guys. Both touchdowns. That's exactly right. By Okies today. Yes, and 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 young guys that uh, that that don't that aren't on the field a ton. No. Coming through with uh, with big plays, Brennan Presley with his first career touchdown, of uh, what you expect to be many more for a, a really talented wide receiver, and then um, and then and then Jason Taylor in the right place at the right time. Israel Antoine reaches in, mm-hmm. knocks the ball loose, and it pops right into uh, Jason Taylor's arms, and uh, and he knew what to do with it at that point. Uh, he uh, he played some offense in high school, so he knew uh, back at Carl Albert, so he knew what to do. He took off and uh, and had his uh, had his blockers ahead of him and uh, and put that one to uh, to bed. Uh, for uh, for the uh, the game clinching touchdown, so so Bixby, Carl Albert, Millwood, and we'll even throw in Brock Martin getting right? the getting the forced fumble on the two point conversion. The Ulaga exactly. alum, shout out to all of you and uh, your high school uh, alums. D- did you proud today? Yep, they absolutely did. All right, Jenny, um, what uh, what else stood out to you about uh, about this game? It was uh, there was so many uh, so many crazy things that happened. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a punt hit uh, hit a, an official, uh, particularly at such a crucial spot on the field. Uh, that was uh, that was odd. They went for a touchback for uh, for Oklahoma State, yeah. uh, but. Uh, just a lot of a lot of weird things today. It was a really uh, really odd day up here in in Manhattan, Kansas. It, it was. It was definitely uh, not a textbook. You know, you think you come on the road, you play a good team, you play a team that doesn't beat themselves. You think you got to have a really, you know, you got to have your guys. You know, you got to sort of be clicking. And this was not that day for OSU. No. So for them to be able to. You know, again, keep alive hopes of getting to that Big 12 championship game to continue to control their own destiny. You know, you're not going to look back on this game as, you know, a game that everybody's going to, you know, jump to the front of their mind as like, oh, what a great game. But this was a game that if they do get to the Big 12 championship game, if they do win that Big 12 championship, you got to look at this and say, you know, the week after the letdown against Texas, they go on the road, they have a bunch of guys out, and they they cleaned up some of the mess from last week and didn't let that beat them, and they found a way to make it happen. And, 
you know, that's, that's a, that's a huge, huge thing. And, you know, so again, it may not be the one that leaps to mind as like favorite of the year, but if that, if all of that progresses throughout the year, this is going to be a really touchstone moment for this team. It is. And, um, you know, you look at them right now in, uh, in the driver's seat in the, uh, in the big 12 conference still, even though, um, you know, last week's loss, not what, uh, what you wanted to have happen still at the top of the standings, yeah. uh, mathematically tied with, uh, with Iowa state who's playing against Baylor right now and, and, and winning at the last I saw. Um, but that was a tight game there for a while, but still, mm-hmm. um, still they're mathematically tied but Oklahoma State has the uh, has the tiebreaker there Bedlam is shaping up to be I mean a lot can happen in this conference between now and then because there's uh, there's craziness going on but uh, uh, but still uh, Bedlam shaping up to be a huge game yeah for sure and both both teams will be off next week so both will have a chance you know to get uh, you know to get prepared and I thought I would think that off week benefits OSU uh, in a way that they could never have imagined when the the, the schedule came out, when the revamped uh, pandemic COVID schedule came out. Um, you know, they, they built in a lot of these off weeks to try to make sure they could play some catch-up games if they needed to. And this, and this was a, a weekend, I'm sure that when Baylor got postponed, that there was a thought, we'll maybe push it into this week. They eventually said, no, we're going to push it into December, which now it is looking very fortuitous that the Cowboys get a chance to get some guys healthy. Um, it seems like to me, Scott, and you may know different, but it seems like to me the injuries that a lot of these guys are dealing with maybe aren't things that are long-term but need some rest. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Muscle tweaks and pulls and those sorts of things where, you know, given time, it's going to be better. And yeah. so that's the type of thing that if you can take a few days and tell Chuba Hubbard to go sit down, tell yeah. Tylen Wallace to kick up his feet and go get in the go, you know, go go take the treatment and you know do all the things you need to do, get those guys where nobody's going to be hundred percent. That's not the way the game of football works, but get them back to feeling good about you know what they what they uh, can do out there. I think that's going to be a, a huge benefit to them come bedlam time. Yeah, absolutely. You look at uh, Tylen Wallace. Uh, a muscle injury of some kind, yeah. an unspecified muscle injury, um, but he was well enough to to make the trip, suit up, mm-hmm. and then on the onside kick, the Kansas State kicks, he goes out there and uh, and is in in position to try to make that play. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's certainly not something that was severe enough that they left him at home the way that they did. Uh, guys like Colby Harvell Peel and Jake Springfield on the offensive mm-hmm. line. Um, both, uh, both. Well, I don't know about Springfield, but uh, talking to people today, Colby Harvell Peel could also be back in time for Bedlam mm-hmm. uh, with a, a, a lower leg injury that he suffered uh, against Texas. So, um, you know, and then and then Hubbard was obviously playing today, and we'll see what the uh, the status is there. L.D. Brown said that he was having some trouble cutting uh, with his injury, so that uh, leads you to believe it's probably an ankle or, or something something like that so mm-hmm. um so yeah like you said things that uh the 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 treatment and and rest uh should should help to take care of so yeah. um you know and you mentioned the baylor game i was uh i was a very strong proponent of playing that game this week because <laughs> all you had to do to to get it uh, get it in uh, next week next saturday the 14th uh, all you had to do was move 
the Texas Tech Baylor game back one week, mm-hmm. and it would have fit in perfectly. And then you still got your cushion at the end of the season, um, you know. But uh, but Oklahoma State very much in favor of the way that uh, <laughs> the things are working out in uh, in the uh, in the scheduling department. Yeah, for sure. And you know, this is the 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 way this year is with COVID and all of the unknowns of of the season. You know, teams that handle weird, you know, last minute alterations are I think the ones that are best suited. You know, we've still we've made it we've made it so far, ladies right. and gentlemen. We've already gotten to November, so we've made you know, we've got most of it in the rearview mirror, but there's still there's still a month or more for these teams to get through and there's going to still be curveballs. And so for OSU to have um, ha- have managed some pretty significant curveballs coming off the loss, coming on the road, all the injuries, you know, those are the type of teams that if something does hit and they've got a COVID situation, contact trace, whatever, you know, does it mean that they'll win if, they, if it happens? I'm not saying that because you never know. But at least they have the mental fortitude they showed today that they at least have a chance to, to come through that. All right, Jenny, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with my favorite segment, the most important <laughs> thing I forgot, because I always, forgot some, I always forget something. So um, uh, I, I think special teams play probably deserves, uh, and I'm not, uh, not just trying to, to talk up Tom Hutton. But, uh, uh, but he was good today. He was solid. Yes. He was solid yes, today, was. But, uh, but no big mistakes. No. They were going against a guy who's averaging 25 yards per, per punt return, and, uh, and they kept him contained. Didn't let him get going. They uh, forced him to fair catch the one at the at the end that mm-hmm. uh, that could have been a big one. So, um, really, uh, really important. No, uh, no major mistakes like they had a week ago that uh, that were incredibly costly to them. So, yeah. Um, anything else? Big. Anything else that uh, that I forgot today? The only other thing I was thinking about was was penalties, and I, I'm I'm looking on the stat sheet here trying to find um, find my penalties, and oh, there we are. Um, you know, uh, not great, but at the same time, OSU six for sixty-five, K-State six for fifty. I mean, no. we talk about K-State as a team that doesn't do things to beat itself. You know, so you sort of have a wash in the turno- or in the uh, in the penalties, and then in the turnover department, you win that two zero. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about you know figuring out a way to not not beat yourself against a team that doesn't usually do that and maybe sort of forcing them into some situations where they did stuff they they wouldn't normally do to me that's a pretty good sign so i think you know this was a again coming off last week with all the turnovers and the the big miscues on special teams that you just talked about scotty i mean to me to make that 180 turn and uh and not have those things be killer that was really big because any uh, you know, Alex Hale, uh, go back to special teams for a sec. Alex Hale, two field goals, neither of them long, 35, 33 yards, I think, were, were his two field goals. But when he kicks those, OSU's trying to dig out of that hole. Mm-hmm. If he misses either of them, you, you just wonder if it's like, oh, you know, does, is that moment of, of just like, oh, we, we were so close, you know, and it doesn't happen. Does that change how... OSU feels in that moment. I don't know, but they didn't have to worry about that because he made both of them. So little things were were big today, it felt like, and and they didn't have a lot of moments ultimately that that cost them the game. Yeah, and uh, the phrase little things were big made me think of the 
two-point conversion that Kansas State tries in the second quarter that uh, that comes up comes back to haunt them. They have to go for another two-point conversion because they didn't make the first one. Tracing points in the uh, in the first half is uh, is never a good plan because you never know how things are going to work out. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you're left having to go for two in the fourth quarter, and that didn't work out. And so uh, and there and there there you have your two-point deficit when otherwise you're kicking an extra point to tie the game and yeah. uh, and and there's still time on the clock at that point to uh, to try to to make something happen. So yeah. Um, pretty uh pretty crazy uh, <laughs> how many how many little bitty uh small decisions uh came up so big in this in this ball game yeah all right jenny with that we'll wrap it up thank you for listening to the cowboy chronicles thanks to Paige and dave back in the office for putting this all together for us and we will talk to you next time on the cowboy chronicles podcast yeah.